Welcome to Chris and Tom's Youth Group Podcast, the podcast where two youth group leaders try to figure out how to do youth group better. My name is Chris Morphew. I'm an author, youth group leader, and school chaplain here in Sydney, Australia. And as always, joining me from Melbourne is author, speaker, youth leader, and best friend of the podcast, Tom French. How are you doing, Tom? I am a 8 out of 10. That's not too bad for this end of the year. <laughs> That's like a June 10 out of 10. Yeah, well, June's winter, so... Uh, maybe it's a... G- End of January, early February, 10 out of 10. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. Look, it's a distinction, so well done. <laughs> That's good. Happy yeah, 39th the only, birthday. The distinction I ever get. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. We're now halfway between your age and mine. So wow, that's fun, isn't there it? you go. And so if the people who are still out to steal our identities are taking notes, there's another clue about Tom. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Um, can I start um, with not an apology? But oh, with good. a yep. book recommendation, Tom? Oh, yeah. We can have a book recommendation. I This is like a book special podcast, yeah. but this is not even one of my actual youth group recommendations. This is just like a general, here's a book I'm enjoying. It's called Saving Us, A Climate Scientist Case for Hope and Healing in the Divided World by Catherine mm-hmm. Hayhoe, who is a Christian climate scientist um, who, but like she believes in, mainstream science not christian science in case that's ringing alarm bells for anybody <laughs> not that there should be another kind of science but you, anyway um she's a <laughs> regular scientist and also a christian and she's written this book that i'm partway through and it's excellent because it is about climate change but it's also about how people come to the beliefs that they have and how they make decisions and how they change their minds and so it is both an excellent book about the climate crisis, and also an excellent book about how to enter into productive conversations with people on different sides of those issues. And also by kind of analogy, it's also a really, it's given me a lot to think about in terms of how we change our minds about all kinds of things, which is obviously pretty helpful just kind of generally as we think about communicating the gospel, um, which is, you know, Another part of the truth that we believe in that is contested, but that it's helpful to think about how do we communicate those ideas in a way that's likely to change hearts and minds, Um, Mm. which, you know, obviously the Holy Spirit has the most profound role to play there, but also just in terms of effective communication, the book has given me a lot to think about. So um, for the first one third of Saving Us by Catherine Hayhoe, five stars. I cannot speak for the second and third thirds yet, but I'll report back if anybody cares. Anyway, good book. It you might should have read a, it. Have a dramatic change halfway through. It, yeah, it might just all turn into um, a anti-science tirade in the middle, but I haven't yeah. got there yet, if that's the case. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks. Thanks for that recommendation. I uh, don't have any books I can recommend right now, so... I'm going to wait till later in the episode. I think we might be talking about books if we get there. Sure. Um, can I also tell you, listeners and Tom, you can you can <laughs> learn this in. information too. You don't have to block your ears. Um, but we are um, we're doing two games today. 
two listener Whoa. participation games. The first one is grocery or no sorry, everyone's favorite game of guessing when my groceries are delivered. That is in progress. The time we're right in the middle of the time slot where my groceries are meant to be getting delivered. So if you can guess the timestamp and email us at Chris and Tom's Youth Group Podcast at gmail.com. If you get it right, I'll send you a fabulous prize, which we need to start the prize pool again because I've just mailed off the last prize. So I'll give you, uh, let's start the prize at two air fresheners. Two air fresheners, all right. And then maybe um, maybe we can jackpot if nobody gets it this time. Okay. And then that our other good. game, Tom, do you want to tell everyone about our other game, our other yeah, prize well, was, pool that we've got going? This, was, this was your great game. idea. Yeah, which was uh, people need to send in their best questions and their best answers to the questions that they ask. So so the listeners thought of questions and they thought of answers and they sent them in. And boy, did we get a lot of a lot of mail in the mailbox. Sure, we had two. Two. Two mails. So that's pretty exciting. That's as, as many mails as there are in a in in a couple of boy twins. <laughs> and they were two males sent by two males. And oh, so yeah. that's um, true, yeah. To our female listeners, please email us and restore the balance. Um, uh, yeah, we haven't had many. The, our usual balance of female. a podcast hosted by two men only. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we've got that going on. I don't know. Are we going to deal with that now or do we want to hear about what happened at your youth group last week? Because I was not there. I was on. Actually, I had dinner with my leaders last week, which was oh very great! Nice. How was that? It was good. We uh, we went to an Italian restaurant on Ligon Street in uh, Melbourne, so the famous Ligon Street. My the place I normally go was booked out, so I was I was in an existential crisis for a little while, but then realized I could just book somewhere else, so I did. And then we we ate dinner, and then we had gelato, and we all hung out, and it was very nice. So sounds great. Yeah, we had fun um, fact. Yeah. Um the speakers agency that I used to um have manage all of my school visits back when I was a real author were called booked out. Get it? Because ah. they would try and get you booked out, but they were for book authors talks. Booked out. Yeah. Anyway, highly recommended if you happen to be a children's author in search of representation by a speakers agency. Um, not relevant to probably most of our audience. So carry on, Tom. <laughs> I was just going to say that we have our youth group auntie who is there, who she comes along oh, great. once every few weeks to serve dinner. And we also had our substitute youth leader there, and he's been substitute youth leading for the year, but he's only there when we need him. And so they met each other for the first time at the end of year Christmas event. So that was kind of nice seeing them meet each other. This was like the Avengers been... of youth group nights. <laughs> yeah. It all was... of the stories converged and you all had dinner. Yep. So that, um, yeah, that was it. And then this week, uh, this is not actually youth group, but it's youth group related, it has been uh, leader recruitment time. Even Ooh. though some people say you should be doing it all year round, I don't. I wait till <laughs> the end of the year. And then I'm like, like uh-oh. I, I think if I know that I've, I'm going to have a, have i gonna have, need to fill a role then i do try and recruit earlier but mm. um i you know usually find out quite late in the piece that i need to 
yeah. find more leaders. So then I quickly start recruiting. And I don't want to recruit all year because I don't want all these extra people coming to youth group who don't have any jobs to do because that would just be, not be great. Anyway, how was your yeah. youth group? It was great. It was our final one for the year. We had our annual Christmas dinner and Secret Santa gift exchange. I uh, was on holidays from school because I work at a um, private school that finishes earlier than regular schools do. And so I said, I'll, well, (laughs) by hours, it's actually more. But it feels like less when it comes to the holidays. Speaking as someone mean? is that because of like who Saturday went, sport? <laughs> well, no, it's because hours? our school day runs um, slightly longer than a standard oh, school really? day every day. Yeah. Ah. So this was how I tried to console myself as a public high school student with a private high school sister whenever <laughs> she would be off on holidays a week or two before me. It didn't work. The math you know. nev- the math checks out, but it is not comforting when <laughs> your sister is lounging around at home and you are off to the last two weeks of public school. So yeah, I, I think condolences to any public school kids who may be listening in today. If you're a kid in school, you'd be very happy for your parents to pay more and get less, even though you tell me it's not. Like it's it's a win for the for the students if it if you get an extra week of holidays, like that's that's a cost worth paying Mm. and also we have a turtle pond which i think (laughs) is excellent we have a whole animal program which is sensational but this is probably not the time for me to um be a sales person (laughs) for my elite private school was it on our last podcast that we found out you have a bug lady at school Is, is she still around yeah well she's not i oh as in like the previous um not the last episode but our whole no, other podcast uh, yeah questions you're not asking yeah look and as i think we i i hopefully clarified then we probably <laughs> do not call her the bug lady um but we do have um i believe the official title might be animal exhibits officer it's something like that we have all of these insects and invertebrates and turtles and things and we have staff that are dedicated to caring for those creatures and for educating the girls about the natural world it's part of our science program anyway um plc sydney young women of integrity and purpose um it's a good school i recommend it but also your mileage may vary on which system you think is the best one to send your children to. Shall we talk about youth group, Tom? <laughs> yes. Talk about youth group. All right. Group. Let's talk about youth group. Um, <laughs> we had youth group. It was great. Um, it was – so anyway, the upshot of the whole conversation about me being on holidays was not to brag but just to say that I put my hand <laughs> up to make Christmas dinner. Um, and so we had a traditional Christmas meal of Mexican food because you can do that in a slow cooker and it's easier to feed 30 people that than a traditional – Christmas meal. I guess mm. Mexican food is the traditional Christmas meal if you live in Mexico. Um, that would be my guess. Well, yeah. But anyway. Although I think they might eat um, tamales at Christmas. Well, I know I'm not that sure. my uh, Guatemalan brother-in-law, who mm-hmm. is from Guatemala, which is one country below Mexico, mm-hmm. they have a tradition of eating tamales every uh, on Christmas Eve. And so if I'm in 
Sydney, I get to go over to his place and eat tamales, and it's very good. Is that a so, family tradition or like a national no, pastime? I think, I think it's a national <laughs> national pastime. Mm. I also feel like, like Mexico is Latin, like not Latin a monoculture. So no, no, it's probably not, but, there's a variety. Yeah, but like you know, like in Australia, you say in general, it's like oh yeah, you have Christmas food, and people know that means yeah, like yeah, hams. Yeah turkeys maybe mm. prawns and you know generally what it is even if that's not what mm. everyone does all the time um and i think that might be a thing i'm gonna you keep talking and i'm gonna look it up because this i is suspect the that things. most families uh celebrating christmas in mexico are not on old el paso ingredients but <laughs> we were and it was a big hit with the youth um and then we had our secret santa game with where everyone brought in a ten dollar gift and we did the um what did we just decide we call this game and don't call i think you didn't like dirty santa but you were okay with bad i did not santa. like dirty santa <laughs> okay look it, um, not, i don't love it but it's a lot better than dirty santa okay i think white elephant is the more neutral one where well, yes that doesn't even tell you what time of year you are that's true white christmas elephant I'm dreaming of a white elephant yeah, would be a subtle good. hint. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we were dreaming of a white elephant and we played the game where everyone gets a number and you, when your number comes up, you either choose a gift that is on the table yet to be unwrapped or you choose a gift that somebody else has already wrapped and you take it from them and they choose a different gift and on and on we go. And I came home with Star Wars Lego, so I was pretty happy with that. Oh, well done. And there was a loud and raucous argument between two of our year 11 boys because one of them had brought what was very evidently to the other boy a box of Cadbury favorites. (laughs) And he was like, you brought in favorites. And the other guy was like, no, I didn't. I did not. And they were arguing and shouting about it. And he was like, just you wait. Just you wait and see. And he's like, I know it's favorites. Because it was in that iconic favorite shape packaging. Anyway, yep. uh, eventually he, the gift that he brought was opened, and it was in fact not Cadbury favorites. It was Cadbury Christmas mix, <laughs> which is in the same shape box but inverted. So the top is the narrow end, and it mm. vaguely looks like a Christmas tree shape. And so everybody That's... felt vindicated that they were right, and the argument continued. So yeah, and the the good thing about that designer box is it's a good way to catch monkeys with very large hands do do you know that Mm. illustration (laughs) no i don't know what you're talking about so okay just just while we're getting distracted there's this illustration about sin where there's like a, Mm. a monkey they'll get monkeys and they'll put like a rock or something no probably food some kind of food inside a hollowed out um, coconut shell with a small hole in the top. The monkey puts its hand in, grabs the the food, and then tries to pull its hand out, and it can't. And so it's caught. Oh, in so this it has coconut to let shell. go of the have thing. Go, yeah, yeah. Have to let and go of sin in order to be released. Have a free hand. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So uh, in this case, if you have a box with a small opening at the top than there is at the bottom, then you put your hand in. You grab a, grab a, <laughs> like a. You know, so if you want to get it out, you're stuck if you want to 
catch a monkey, give him Christmas mix, not favorites, is I think what we yeah. have learned from that illustration. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so. <laughs> so there was that. And the other notable thing about youth group was it was Nick, our assistant pastor's last youth group, because he and oh. his family are moving interstate um, to a new church. So that was um, a, yeah, it, it made me think about what it looks like to say goodbye to somebody well after they have been serving at, at youth group for a while. And I think probably if I'd had more time to contemplate it, I would have done a better job of that. But I did get everyone in to do like a proper farewell to both him and his son and to kind of, uh, you know, articulate our thanks on behalf mm. of the group and also to pray for them. And so hopefully they felt well sent off. They probably farewelled out after the church farewell and youth group farewells and end of school and all the rest of it. But um, speaking of recruitment, we're going to be back on youth group leader recruitment. <laughs> but thankfully we have a youth pastor now and it's her job, not mine. Oh, so yes. I can, um, you know. We'll touch base about that at some point, but she gets to make the phone calls. So that's, lucky her. That's great. Anyway, that's, somehow we are 17 and a half minutes into our 15-minute podcast and have not talked about either of the things that we plan to talk about today. But I, shall we talk, Shall we have yeah, some emails? We should. But I just I, aren't we at 12 and a half minutes? Did you or did someone lose five minutes in there? Mine says... Say? Mine says 17 minutes and 55 seconds, which can't possibly be right. Yeah, mine says 12 minutes and 52 seconds. I <laughs> hope that this is not really bad news for you when you're trying to put the pieces <laughs> together later on. All right. Anyway, whatever's going on, it doesn't, re- doesn't really matter. You at home will know how long you've been listening for. And if you're one of the people who emailed in, then you have been listening for half the time that we've been recording because you told me that you listen at double speed. So let's start with our first question and answer. Have you got been... the um, bleep button ready? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to say their name. I'll just say our 27-year-old okay. youth leaders emailed in. And His I name, got... it's the most. Oh, come on. You just made my life <laughs> difficult. <laughs> this is confusing because wonderful time of the year. I mean, I think that's interesting. Are you going to have what to bleep you... this whole bit out? <laughs> anyway. Um... I don't know how to bleep that. Oh, goodness. <laughs> how long do you think be... you can sustain a bleep before? Um, can you, you bleep it instead of with now. a bleep noise? Yeah. Can you just put in um, a little clip of it's the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year? I'll, Actually, I'll can you cut and paste that exact sound bite? And yes. so at first they're like, wait, what? What happened? And then <laughs> as they listen to this bit, they'll be like, yeah. Oh. Anyway, wonderful to the 27 year old youth leader. It's written in. I've got nothing to do with my time. All right. He wrote in <laughs> and he said, What is the best carol and why is it O come, O come, Emmanuel? And his answer is, Cause duh, or duh, is it duh? Um, duh. I reckon O Come O Come Emmanuel is top five for me. Yeah, but it's not number one. What is your number one? 
I think number one is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Mm-hmm. Because That's it's just so rich. Like, mild mm. he lays his glory by, born that men no more may die, born yeah. to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. And they play I, it at the shops, Tom. I they love go it. To I love hearing that. Meyer and they. Anyway, great. Yeah. Um, number two, Joy to the World, mm-hmm. which, fun one. fact, is about the second coming, not about the incarnation, but it works both ways. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, this is what I've heard. That may be another thing for us to fact check at some point. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel might be number three, or maybe mm-hmm. Oh Holy Night is number three, yep. in my opinion. And yep. f- in last place is Away in a Manger. Not in fifth place, but in like very last place <laughs> oh, very behind last. I Saw Mummy Kissing Santa Claus. Wow. That's. Is that, do you upset because it says no crying he makes and you're like, he does yeah. cry. Yeah. He's fully human. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Also, I have questions about Silent Night for the same reasons because I've not been into, you know, a hospital room while a baby's been being born, but um, word on the street is it's rarely silent. I have, and it was not silent. Uh, yeah, though not as sweary as I thought it was going to be. Interesting. Well, yeah. there you go. I, I think I can t- tell you. I'll, I'll check with this and maybe have to bleep this out as well. But um, yeah. my wife's favorite swear words while she was giving birth to our daughter was mm. nothing nearly as bad as I thought. It was balls. She said balls a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was a surprise to me. That you can decide whether you want to bleep that out or not. I think that's a line ball. Um, <laughs> a line ball. No pun intended. <laughs> I feel pretty. Uh, I I think my feelings about carols align with yours. I've never actually got around to ranking the carols, so I would say that they're some of my favorites. Like I really like Joy to the World because um, it uh. It's it's the one you sing right at the end, and you're like, oh, we can go home now. <laughs> mm. uh, it's like, especially like it's if if you're at the midnight service, and mm. and it's like, oh, I'm so tired, and and now you sing Joy to the World, and you're like, yay, off we go. Isn't it funny uh, that we've all decided just collectively without discussion that Joy to the World is the one you sing last? Yeah, we did that at my school carols this year. We did that at um, the at my fiance's carol thing at her church. Actually, weirdly, not weirdly, interestingly, at my church's carols, we finish with, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Oh, yeah, sometimes that happens. I Maybe Joy to the World, if it is actually about the second coming of Christ, is actually a symbolic thing at the end because the next thing that's going to happen on the uh, salvation epochal timeline is that, Jesus will come back, and so that's what we look forward to as mm. we go out to celebrate the first Advent. We look forward to well, the second one. So can I tell you what Wikipedia has to say? Joy to the World was written by English minister and hymnist Isaac Watts based on an interpretation of Psalm 98. He also invented the light globe. The song was first published in <laughs> 1719 in Watts' collection, The Psalms of David, uh, and I'm going to uh, skim down to the part that is relevant to our conversation. Uh, 
In first and second stanzas, Watts writes of heaven and earth rejoicing at the coming of the king. Watts didn't write this to originally be a Christmas carol as the lyrics do not reflect the virgin birth of Jesus, rather Christ's second coming. So there you go. Stanza Mm. four celebrates Christ's rule over the nations. The nations are called to celebrate because God's faithfulness to the house of Israel has brought salvation to the world. Mm. There you go. Um, This is full of grammatical errors, this page of Wikipedia. Just in case you're wondering. So if you go to the Joy to the World um, Wikipedia page, you might want to tidy it up, anyone who's into that sort of thing. You've got a bit of time on your hands now. Do you know I was the um, principal of Trinity for a little while, (laughs) according to Wikipedia, one of the other elite private schools in our area? This was back when I was in high school. Um, I just, I whatever year it was, this was when Wikipedia was easier to edit, and I just... um, put myself in i just kind of ended the current headmaster's reign at whatever the current year was and then just tacked mine in current <laughs> year to dash to present how long were you and the headmaster stayed for, for a while <laughs> quite a while i think and then i think i flew close to the sun and edited something else um which was a private joke about one of my friends who was there currently and then some person traced it all back to me and undid all of my edits oh, no. so that was a shame. How disappointing. Well, also, if you go to my <laughs> school's Wikipedia page, you can yes. find out about the World War II bunkers that are still underneath our school, which is oh. pretty cool. Yeah. Really? Do you, mm-hmm. do you get to? I've never been down into them, ah. but they exist because during World War II, our school was um, commandeered by the military for military purposes, and all of our students had to go and share with Meriden. So ah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I, I feel like my could, school history for you. If like if if your school was a church, the World War Two bunkers would be the youth room. That's yeah, that's one hundred percent for sure. Oh, and the youth would love it. They would. I think they're just like dusty bunkers. I don't think there's anything going on in them. Anyway, shall we? Have we addressed that one? I think we have. Um, I think we both disagree with the twenty-seven year old youth leader. Yeah. on that one. Um, all right. So we have another email. Yes. The next email comes from Dave Phillips, whose name does not need to be bleeped. And uh, he says oh, this. Do it anyway, just in case. I'm not. No, I'm not bleeping it. So he, he's the one who Sorry, listens Dave, to double The double identity speed. thieves. Uh, oh, is he? Yeah. Well. He's, already, um, he's al- already featured on the podcast before, I think, when he corrected us true. about when Kick began. Um, True story. He has emailed before. Yeah. So anyway, he says, and he actually Kick gets another mention here. So mm-hmm. uh, he says, thanks for your service with the 38 episodes so far. I did enjoy the pause in the intro at Weekly. So good. Uh, my question is, how do I grow a tiny youth group fits in a car to a small youth group fits fills a couple of Taragos? This is interesting that he's... Uh, measuring a youth group this way i don't know if this is like a standard youth group measurement but i was doing a research how many taragos is your youth group my my youth groups four maybe yeah i think we might be sitting around four to five taragos four i think we're at anyway maybe six taragos um following the most stringent uh safe ministry guidelines yes putting a you know, a couple of leaders in each car I feel like is a good option. Yeah. So 
that's that's a that's a good idea. And mm. and people on motorcycles riding next to it just to yeah. look in the windows as well. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, uh, I was doing a research project. This, this is not the point, but it's I was doing a research project into youth ministry here in Melbourne, and the way we discussed measuring youth group sizes was with fits in a car, fits in a van, <clears throat> fits in a minibus, fits in a big bus. I think that's how we did it. Partly because that's how, like, you logistically you're thinking about how do we, mm. how do we get kids to places like if you just have the youth group that fits in a car then you don't have to think that much but once you've got multiple cars going especially if you need two liters in every car then it gets complex anyway how do you grow it my answer or his answer dave's answer would be to keep meeting together with your tiny youth group studying the bible together and investing into their lives in a child safe way and thus creating something they'll invite their friends to, also taking them to bigger things like kick so that they can see a bigger picture of Christianity. Also setting up a kids' ministry at church to feed into youth group as the years go on. But I'd love your thoughts on that growth piece. Peace. So, what did I say? I said peace, didn't I? Yeah. I what? thought he was like, peace out. Oh, no. P I E. C E, not uh, P E A C E. The yeah. piece of the puzzle that is growth. Yes. So in that got piece it. that he just gave to us, what are our thoughts? What are your thoughts, Chris? I've got some. Um, my thoughts are pretty much in line with Dave's thoughts. I think just keep meeting together, make it good for the people who come. Because if yep. you make it good for the people who come, then they will want to invite other people along. And making it good doesn't need to mean making it big. It means um, making it a place where they can confidently say to their friends, come to youth group, you'll have fun. You will enjoy the experience. Um, Because if it's not, like if they're not confident that they're, um, their friends are going to have a good time when they get there. They probably won't invite their friends. And so mm. we've got to be, I think, well, here's how it works for us. We had a tiny little youth group for ages, but we just kept plugging away, just kept doing it. And then like little bit by little bit after like a couple of years of hovering at like, you know, six to 10 on um, on an, any given night, Little by little, I think part of it is making it um, worth it enough that the kids who are coming every second week want to make sure they're there every week Mm. because the more consistent your current youth are, the more consistent your numbers are going to be. And then, yeah, little by little, as they started to value the culture that we had built, they invited other people into it. And to be honest, like our youth are way better at inviting people along to youth group than anyone in our churches at inviting people <laughs> to church on Sunday. Partly, I think, because I don't know how many people can say um, with a full heart, come to church on Sunday. It'll be fun. You'll enjoy it. Um, but that's probably a whole other conversation. Um, but yeah, no, I think Dave's right on the money. Um which is like, yeah, keep meeting together, keep putting Jesus at the center of it, invest into every person like they matter and like you're glad that they're there. Um, and then as you prove that you are safe people to be around and fun people to be around and that you're invested enough to make it good for the people who are there, 
that's going to be um, your best shot, like logistically speaking, at getting people to want to invite their friends along. And of course, pray and pray and pray. And I think that a, you know a big part of the growth of our youth group was more people investing in praying for it regularly. So I think that's the other part that is impossible to overemphasize. Tom, what do you think? Yeah, so I don't disagree with any of that. I think it's it's all correct. <laughs> but um, I think one of the things I've noticed about youth group growth l- lately and that other people I've been talking to have noticed as well is that we like early on we had youth group growth strategy that was well when i say early on like 80s and early 90s seemed to be the youth group strategy generally was run huge big exciting things young people will be attracted to you know the band night and the dance party and the crazy games and then they'll come along and then they'll they'll engage with that they might hear a short bible talk and then the ones who are really interested will come to like the bible studies and those ones who are really interested will come to church and those ones who are really interested will become christians and then they invite their friends and it mm-hmm. just keeps going and then we kind of shifted more to like let's let's not be attractional in our youth ministry so you come to youth group not because the really fun stuff is there and then you stay for years but make the youth group a place where people love you like jesus loves you and then you invite your friends and you mm. come to hear about Jesus and you might attract less young people, but you're attracting them with all the right things. And that seemed to work pretty well. And my experience of youth group was that we grew often when we had kids who, or sorry, youth who uh, were, there was one, always one or two or three youth in the youth group who were just really good at bringing friends. Like they'd invite every friend mm. they had and a bunch would come and some would stick and a lot of them would become Christians. And then most of the youth in the youth group didn't bring any friends or they'd bring one or two over the space of a few years. And uh, that would be often how we grew. But these days it seems like those youth who are the ones who are really good at inviting people are, are either doing it less or they're, get, they're seeing less results in inviting their friends. So. It's just, it seems to be just a bit less effective that uh, way of getting people to come to youth group. And I'm not entirely sure why it is, but one of the things I've been thinking about is this kind of this thing that people have been talking about. And probably I have not done enough research to talk about this uh, with any authority, but so I'm just floating as an idea and you can just think about it and figure out whether you think I'm right or not. But this, like, there's this kind of rise in, um, like, there's mental health issues that are rising amongst young people mm-hmm. uh, in Gen Z, and there's also this kind of thing of because young people are relating to each other so much online. There, there's a thought. And I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it, but I think it might be right. Is that they're not they're struggling to figure out how how do you relate to each other in real life as much. And then you throw in two years of COVID where they have to relate to each other Mm. online. The in-person thing becomes much more difficult and much more kind of social anxiety producing. And so if you get a random Christian come to you and say, maybe not random, but one of your friends is Christian, say, come to my Christian youth group 
we're um, having a having a big night at youth group. We're going to play some games, then you could hear a Bible talk, and we'd love to have you there. If you're a kid who doesn't know Jesus, is socially anxious, uh, has heard not great stuff about Christianity, uh, mm. then you're not you're going to be much less likely to come along to that. Um, and the more that you can kind of insulate yourself from socially difficult situations, you probably will just because it's easier, not, not, you know, like, like you just will. So we, we might, that Mm. might be one of the reasons Mm. why we're not seeing as much success. But I think because of that, I think the, the strength of youth group in the long term is going to be that we are in person. We're a real thing Mm -hmm. where you have to relate to each other with all our, with all your like inconsistencies and inability to hide behind the, yeah. the time you've got to compose your text or to not have your camera oh, on. Oh, absolutely. And, and like the rise of AI yep. and like all of the internet, like as it becomes more and more impossible to tell what's real and what's not in the digital space, yep. I am so convinced that this is a moment for the church to like really be on the forefront of doing things in real life. Yeah. What what I have not figured out though is how do we make uh, make youth group a place where that is part of the attraction of it that you get to be in person because the attraction of that is also the the thing that's going to stop you from wanting to come because it makes it more difficult to come. Yeah. So I have a couple of thoughts. Um, first, I just kind of cycle back to what you were saying about how we used to do the big attractional thing, and I think a lot of youth groups are still doing it, like you do the big games and the big whatever. Before when I was talking about how like you need to make it good, um, probably just worth clarifying that I don't mean make it big, but like whatever you do, do it as well as you can. Yeah. Um, like I think it's really great for us to um, – pursue excellence rather than settling for mediocrity and if you would do it excellently for 50 do it excellently for five Mm. um and in that way you will um you know communicate to those five that you are invested in them not because of how many of them there are but because they are there um I agree about having people who are like great at inviting people. Like there um, is one guy in particular um, that I'm thinking of who just like relentlessly invited his friends and a bunch of them um, have been coming along for years now. And a bunch of them came and hung out for a bit and then, you know, went away and did other things. But a large part of the growth in our youth group is due to, this particular person and a couple of others inviting people. Um, Something that really has fascinated me recently, I've heard a couple of anecdotes from our youth basically saying, um, I, my friends, they're not Christians. They've tried out other youth groups with other friends and they haven't liked it or wanted to come back, but they did want to come back to ours mm. and i was like oh that's interesting like why do you think that is like what do you think it, it is about our youth group that made a difference for them and one of the things that has come up is it is a safe place 
to not be a Christian or like in like I think this person said you don't have to be a Christian to come here or like it's okay if you're not a Christian and you come here and I think that's really interesting and I wonder whether that's like a key thing where like of course we want Jesus to be at the center of everything that we do and I I hope and pray that he is and think that he is and of course we want to be unashamedly like we are a Jesus youth group we are here to learn about Jesus you're going to hear a talk about Jesus we're going to pray to Jesus we are going to read the Bible to learn more about Jesus but I think for people to come and be like even if I'm not bought in on any of that stuff I still feel welcomed and accepted and like I can come here and not feel like I'm an outsider and the real insiders are the ones who believe all the stuff. That's a culture that I have worked pretty hard to create because like for the longest time, most of our youth group have not been Christians yet. Um, Yeah, I think that has, it's interesting to hear that fed back by the youth as my friends like that they don't have to be a Christian to come here, which some people might be like, oh, like that's, but isn't the whole point to get into be Christians? And it's like, well, yeah, like we want everyone to come to know Jesus. But like if if you think about how you came to be a Christian, particularly if you're not someone who um, grew up in a Christian family, or maybe even your Christian family is the example of this, like so often the way that Jesus reveals himself to us is through people who just like love us and welcome us as we figure it all out. And so, I don't know, maybe all that is obvious and goes without saying, but in case it's not, I think like creating, finding that balance between being unashamedly Christian in outlook, in what we do, but also like unashamedly welcoming to people wherever they're at. And not just saying that, but actually like figuring out how to run youth group in a way that that is the case. I think maybe that is another piece of the puzzle. It's the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year. Tom, I can't hear you. Are you on mute? It's the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year. I can hear me now. <laughs> I can hear you now. Sorry, rather than um, covering for you with like a professional podcaster would by saying something over the top of it. I just watched your puzzled face. Um, <laughs> can you put in another bit of me singing a Christmas carol in there? Maybe, or I'll just cut it out. <laughs> so, All right, um, whatever. What I was saying was I think that we keep doing all the things we know that we should be doing. And like I was, I was reading some research that a friend of mine has just done into youth or how, how you used to become Christians. And the, the big result of the research was people become Christians the way we think that they become Christians. So they become Christians because other people cared about them. People showed them a good example of what it means to live for Jesus. People allowed them to have contrary views but still cared for them. All of those things were things that kind of made a difference. And so we know what we should be doing, so we should keep doing it. I still feel like there might be a piece of the puzzle that's missing or something that we need to emphasize more that we have yet to figure out or I have yet to figure out. Maybe other people have done it. And if you know what it is, email us about what it is that is 
the the bit that we show that is like this is the real gold of being being in a community that loves you and cares for you. Um, this is why it's worth paying the cost of being doing something that makes you anxious um, because you've got space. You're going to you're going to be in a space where, in the long term, it's going to be better for you. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know how we how we sell that. Sell is the wrong word, but I don't know how we show that or even invite people into a space where they can start to experience it. Um, like, I yeah. I wonder whether like I think that despite all that anxiety and despite all that worry, like we're made for community mm. and and young people like all people are crying out for it and i think just the the safer we can show ourselves to be and the more like i don't know like i i worry that when i say the more comfortable we can make it people are going to be like but they don't need to be comforted they need to be confronted with the gospel and yeah that's true but like the more um we can show that like in a world that is f- so full of stories about unsafe institutions mm-hmm. and unsafe people and everyone at war with everyone else if we can be the people i mean like maybe it's just actually exactly what jesus said which is like this is how everyone's going to know we're his disciples that we love one another and so if we just keep doing that People are going to see that, and people are going to be attracted to that. And so, there you go. Just love people, you guys. That could be it. Yeah, and hopefully there's something in there, particularly about the thing about being able to not be a Christian. Like, you show safety because if you can be at this place and not believe the most fundamental thing that the people who are running it believe and still be loved and still be able to love them and care for them, you're building a community that is different from the one that people think that they see online. Mm. Um, and Well, and because almost every other community, if you don't believe the right things, you just don't belong. Yeah. You know, you're not welcomed in. And so if we can be the one where, like, of course, ultimately we want people to put their hope in Jesus, but if we let them ride up close to that, without having to sign on the dotted line yet, then that I think is going to be their best chance of, of seeing what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll keep doing that. And when, when I figure out anything more, I'll let you know. Great. Um, Email us at Chris and Tom's youth group podcast (laughs) at gmail.com with all of the correct answers and we'll read them out next week. Yes. Do you think we have a winner? For our email contest. Um, well, if the win condition is we agree most with the answer, then Dave is the winner. Yes. Um, is uh, But it's your game, Tom. <laughs> it's your competition. I'm also going to go with, uh, you know, one that kind of ran in line with the theme of the podcast. Which I, did, which I didn't set up. And provoked substantive discussion. Provoked substantive That's... discussion and had a more substantive... Do you say act. substantive or substantive? I don't know now. <laughs> yeah, no, neither do I. I don't even know if I say I it. I said substantive, but I think I say substantive. 
Anyway, maybe I say both interchangeably. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, well, um, you provoked meteor discussion. Uh, all of those things, I think the winner has to be Dave. Also, our 27-year-old news right. leader won the last one. He just one, won a so prize. So he can't win another prize. Yeah. And I think this is my one, so I've got to uh, send out this prize. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but maybe I'll send out one of your books. I, I don't know. Dave might already have all of mine. I don't know. If you don't have any of mine, let me know, Dave, and I'll send you one. And if you do, or if you have another one you want, or if you just want one off my shelf, let me just see. I think I've got a spare systematic theology or something I could send you. I'll just That's heavy, I'll, though. That's a lot of shipping. Oh, yeah, no, don't go, go with that one. <laughs> How about a nice ebook? Um Yeah. Can I uh, – my um, – Timer says we've been recording for 49 minutes. Yep. I don't know if that's right, no, but we've been is. recording for a lot. I assume we're going to kick our um, book recommendation special down, down the road, road to next week. Next week, probably. Can I <laughs> Can I put in two more requests to our audience? Yeah. Actually, three. Number one, three the groceries have arrived at some Ooh. point, so if you think you know when, let us know. Um, number two... If you have more questions and answers to those questions, please keep sending them in to Chris and Tom's Youth Group Podcast at gmail.com. Yep. And number three, I am writing a book about um, like how to stick with following Jesus as a Christian teenager. Mm. And so if you have any things that you're like, oh, that book needs to include this topic, this question, this issue, this defeater belief, whatever – can you send those to Chris and Tom's youth group podcast at gmail.com as well? Um, we might talk about them on the show. And also um, I will send you, if I use your suggestion, um, a heavily discounted Funko Pop figure because there's <laughs> some very cheap ones on Amazon at the moment. Oh, that's exciting. So how's that? That is good. Anyway. Although you got th- three jobs that- to do, listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Don't say this is a Great. podcast where you just get to listen. There's a lot of work listening to this no, podcast. You've got homework. <laughs> all right. Well, if you're listening at double speed, you've saved all that time. Use it to send us an email. <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay, here's right, some so music. So we have some music, yeah, Tom? Yeah. I think there's... Great. should be coming along. Amazing. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to Chris and Tom's Youth Group Podcast. Um, you can go to tomfrentz.com.au to find out more about Tom, his books. Book him as a speaker. He's really good. And... Um, There's no music coming, Tom, but there probably is in post. So ignore that, listeners, and send us an email at chrisandtomsyouthgrouppodcast at gmail.com with your questions, answers, questions that I should answer or when you think the groceries came. And until next week, that's all, folks. And go to chrisandtomsyouthgrouppodcast.com. Nailed it again. Man, we're real loosey-goosey on these holiday specials.